What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Web3 Music Podcast. If you haven't listened before, my name is Jake Abel, and I started this podcast because I wanted to get involved and learn more about the intersection of blockchain technology and music. And the best way I found to do that is by talking with people who are really paving their own path in the fascinating niche that is Web3 Music. So each episode, I interview artists, creators, builders, entrepreneurs, and more about how they're leveraging technology to advance their music career or company. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Neon Ox. Neon Ox is an NFT ticketing company that I think has a really, really great use case for Web3-focused companies that are organizing IRL events. Ticket buyers on the platform use fiat with their debit or credit cards and purchase tickets connected to their phone number, but Web3 natives also have the option to connect their crypto wallet and receive their tickets as NFTs. For Web3 companies, this means that you can use your event tickets for things like token gating and airdrops, and you can track the wallet addresses of people who are actually showing up to your events. Besides that, Neonox has been in the ticketing game for over 20 years, and they provide personal account managers for each client. The platform also has an integrated secondary market to eliminate scams and streamline the process of buying and selling extra tickets. If you want to learn more about Neonox and how they can help improve your ticket selling experience, visit neonox.io and mention this podcast on the Get Started page. You can also reach out to the Web3 Music Podcast on social media, and we will help you schedule a demo of the platform. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'll be interviewing Pete Rango. Pete is an independent artist and producer who has participated and contributed to the online creator community Campfire, the productivity and accountability project Bond with Mochi, and the Web3 collective Beats Dow, among other things. He has also recently started an after-school music and mentorship program called Dream Labs. Pete has lots of experience working with indie and major labels, releasing music NFTs, and has been a freelance creative working around music for nearly 10 years. We talk about all of these experiences and much more during our interview. I hope this episode teaches you something new today. Here is Pete Rango. When did you get involved with Campfire? Is that how you sort of got into Web3 initially? No, so uh, initially I got into Web3 through Mochi. If you're familiar with Mochi. I saw it in your bio. I'm not very familiar, but you know, what's it all about? Yeah, so um, a while ago during the pandemic, I kind of became obsessed with ARGs, which stand for alternative reality games. Yeah, and I just started going in these rabbit holes and like one of those rabbit holes ended up taking me to uh, Mochi's NFT and I found their page and they were taking cohorts and applications. And then the way that they were marketing themselves was very much kind of like ARG like. So yeah, I applied, I had an interview with one of the founders, which was Gabe. And yeah, as soon as like I was being interviewed and I told him I was into ARGs, he's like, bet you're gonna, you're gonna be loving this. Uh, but yeah, Mochi is pretty much an organization that was created by uh, a bunch of ex consensus members, employees, and um, Gabe's problem was that he didn't have any oversight. So like, you know, with consensus, it was just pretty much like, go build your own, you know, go solve your own problems, right? So Gabe ended up creating this bot called Mochi. You know, it was a team of them, but it was really cool. Mochi is pretty much like a gamified accountability group, right? In the first cohort that I was in, they put you in like a group of four people. I was in a group with Halik Mol, TK, there's one more person I'm blanking on his name and then myself. Um, so basically what you do is you set up a goal for yourself. Uh, it can be a group goal or it can just be an individual goal. Um, and then you can stake to earn tokens, right? You can stake ETH to earn Mochi tokens for each day you check in. Um, but there's a catch, right? Like if one of you doesn't check in during the day, everybody gets slashed tokens. Right. And that ETH that gets slashed goes to like a community fund. And then, you know, the community can do what it pleases with that, whether it's, you know, asking to for money to run a workshop or getting discounts on trips, you know, um, it's pretty cool. But that was like my first experience in Web3. And then at the moment, I'm at the time I met uh, Alec and then Alec was like, hey, like, you know, you would do great in BeatStyle. Um, they're looking for a creative director. So I ended up being creative director for BeatStyle for the last year. And then, yeah, I just think that things were moving a little fast and I wanted to do things differently. So I ended up quitting my position as creative director last June, July. 
uh and yeah i've just been kind of staying involved with different communities that i that i like and campfire was one of those where i liked how uh organically it started uh where it was just like alec tk lottie you know they're all just like in this group chat and they're like yo like we're gonna try out mochi with a bunch of songwriters <laughs> so uh we, we we tried mochi um it was cool and uh yeah the community slowly grew and then as soon as, I mean, I'm all about like artist development and songwriting camps and stuff like that. So as soon as I found out that they were going to do a songwriting camp, I'm like, all right, but, <laughs> and then. Um, that songwriting camp being using Mochi for it? No. So um, the one in Art Basel, that was like oh, okay. probably the, the first official campfire songwriting camp. Um, but yeah, the, the idea is to like try to utilize MochiBot for campfire. We were, we've been testing it out and it's cool. Uh, and we might push it a little bit more in the future, especially if we can get MochiBot to like, let you earn campfire tokens for doing journeys. The other idea was maybe just like having people do Mochi journeys and we can uh, award them a certain amount of campfire tokens, depending on how many Mochi tokens they have. But yeah, that's pretty much like how I got into web three. It's been like a little over two years now. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so Mochi is like sort of this productivity and accountability tool that you can use for really any project that you want and you sort of set the guidelines and then your team you know helps hold you accountable yeah pretty much cool so you and so you and tk your group was using it for some songwriting stuff when you initially got into it when, when we first got into it um the group does obviously because we were all doing music but we were all exploring our first not i wouldn't say our first but at least it was my first nft project that i was kind of like exploring um, so I was working on that. And then TK at the time was working on uh, Afro Zero and uh, Eternal Garden. And then Halik was working on Holder's Land. Cool. So then when you started with BeatsDAO, I mean, I read up a little bit on BeatsDAO and, um, you know, they do some stuff with creators to sort of build their own projects, it seems like. But I didn't, you know, I don't know. I haven't been familiar. I wasn't familiar with it before, you know, just doing a little research before this call. So what, like, can you give me a little bit more background on, on Beats Down and what that role of creative director was all about? Yeah. So, um, when I first <clears throat> joined Beats Down, they were mostly a collective of collectors. Um, they had started with the Euler Beats they came together and like collectively pulled money to buy Euler beats. Um, and then, yeah, from there, uh, they wanted to curate projects. So I think one of the first projects they had done after they collected Euler was the drop they did with Snoop Dogg and Nyan Cat. Um, so they did that. That was facilitated by one of the members, Dan Kim. Um, and yeah, I mean, one of the reasons even I became really interested in beats was because there was a lot of interesting people in Beats. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of the the founders of Beats was Jordan Gerbas, who runs or used to run global marketing for InBev, which InBev runs like Corona and Stella Artois and like all that stuff. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so he was in there. And then um, Richard Chen, which uh, is cre creator of Manifold, was in, is in the DAO. Uh, Nick Adler, which is Snoop Dogg's manager, he's in the DAO. Uh, Grimes's manager, Dauda from CreateSafe, was there. He helped with uh, Osla and Skrillex and all that. So, I mean, you know, I got asked to be creative director with all these people involved. I'm like, yo, I'm jumping in right now. And I just happened to, you know, be in a position that helped them, right? Like, I was an artist that understood artists and working with artists and did a lot of artist development, right? But I also understood, you know, crypto, NFTs, and, and somewhat DAOs, right? Um, so yeah, I did that for a while. Um, we, we created a couple of different projects. One of them is in the midst of dropping right now, which is daily, uh, the project called metamorphic. It's just like a album that you listen to in a different way. We, they created a whole bunch of rooms for you to experience the album and you can collect the album and there's all these NFT mechanics. I'm not going to get into right now cause it's very nerdy, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but that project's in the middle of launching. We also launched last year, uh, Lost Children of Andromeda, which is kind of like a read to earn uh, NFT uh, game by this creator called Jason Primrose. Um, bro, super talented guy. Um, I think unfortunately he's just like, the project was kind of launching in the middle of like the crash. So 
it just didn't do very well. Um, and yeah, um, a couple other projects in the midst, but yeah, I, I just didn't, I didn't like the approach that we were doing the projects. I think nothing against like leadership or anything, but I just think we were doing too much. And I, I honestly believe that DAOs operate better when people are focused on one project. Um, I've just, I've been studying so much like governance structures and, you know, understanding how to operate a DAO the best way possible. And I started running into like common knowledge problems, right? Like basically like you have people that won't be in the discord or won't read their emails for like two weeks. And all of a sudden they have like pages of discourse to like catch right yeah i mean i experience that all the time in a few random projects that like i wish i was more involved with but you just sort of get caught up in other in other shit yeah yeah so yeah i mean it was a lot of that and um i mean one of the even the reasons i jumped into the space because i loved song camp like after i discovered mochi i discovered song camp through alec and them and um i was just fascinated by what they were doing and how they were doing it um so yeah, I definitely like believe like DAOs are dope, but they gotta they gotta have like a very specific purpose, and everybody's gotta be a, an alignment. And like I feel like not alignment, but I mean more like being focused on the project, right? Um, I think it's very to meet people nowadays that are just doing like 10, 20 things at once, you know. So like getting them to focus on a project within Discord, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of people in Web3, I mean, including myself, always have their foot in a lot of different things at once, and it, it can start to be a lot to juggle. Um, as as creative director with Beats, were you like sort of advising on the direction of every single project that they had their foot in? Yeah, I was basically kind of like approving art and helping source uh, designers and, you know, kind of doing artist relations and stuff like that yeah so yeah i can see how that juggling all that got to be a bit much well um, yeah it's too many projects bro it was just too many projects and on top of that we're in the middle of launch uh beats labs and i was like community manager pretty much and i had to do like you know twitter spaces and like wrap-up calls and like just on top of doing all the other projects I'm like bro this is like way too much yeah yeah that's a lot so since then you've just been i mean i've seen you've released a bunch of music nfts i guess over the last like year or so when when was your you know your genesis piece and how did how did you start getting into releasing your own music nfts so um i had this project um with this character i wanted to drop and that was like the whole thing i was going to do with beats out is this character called keo um <clears throat> that was supposed to be my Genesis drop, but I ended up just kind of postponing it and postponing it and like working on it and just things kept happening. So I kept having to postpone. Um, but I got onboarded to to catalog at some point, you know, over the last year. And uh, yeah, that was the first one that I dropped. Um, and yeah, that was my first NFT. I've been more, I would say over the last, I mean, even since I got into it, I've been just wanting to study the culture. Um, I've definitely been just like observing and, you know, meeting people and, and trying to understand the different models and like why people do things and trying to understand all the multiple like opinions that, are, that exist about dropping editions or one of ones or, you know, <clears throat> and understanding like, you know, how sustainable is it to like maintain your fan base on discord and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I, like I told you, I do artist development. So like a lot of what I'm doing is because like, I want to learn it and I want to do it. And then I want to teach other artists like how they can do it. Um, but yeah, I think the catalog drop was the first one. <clears throat> and I think I took a long break because I was still working with Beatstyle when I dropped that. Uh, so I wasn't too focused on like dropping NFTs, but after I quit, I think over the last like six months or so, I've been just dropping more stuff. Um, I had this like experimental project I had, um, called Savage Planet. I dropped that. Um, I also had this one-off track called Triumpho or Triumph in English. Uh, that's an open edition that's open until New Year's. Um, then I have, uh, Dream Vibe, which is a track with L. I don't know if you met L Simone at the camp. Uh, yeah, I did. 
Yeah, she's crazy. Uh, she's from Richmond. Um, I have a project with her. So like I wanted to drop one of the tracks uh, to support the campfire uh, efforts at Art Basel. So we dropped that. Um, Mavi, I don't know if you met Mavi. Yeah, I met uh, Mavi as well. Boy, so dropped something with her recently. Uh, but yeah, man, I think right now I'm more kind of like trying to find the app stack that I want to commit to, you know, to, to doing all this stuff with. Because it's been a lot of like, let me experiment with this. Let me experiment with that. Let me see if I can onboard to this, you know, mm-hmm. all that. And yeah, I think I'm closer to a point of like, all right, cool. Like some of these tools have matured a little bit. And um, now I have access to Bonfire and like, you know, certain things that I want to use now. So like now it's more of like solidifying that and figuring out how, how I want to move forward. Because like I think when I first got into it, everybody was like, yo, start a Discord. <laughs> Do this, run your community of that. And like yeah. the more I've been this, the more I'm like, all right, there's got to be like, a simpler way to do this and yeah discord might work at some point but i think i have a better grasp of like how i want to like onboard my community and what i want to do yeah yeah that makes sense so i was going to ask like you know throughout releasing these nfts how have you thought about like pricing and additions versus open editions mostly it's just like sort of experimenting for now yeah yeah most of it experimenting um you know the, it, it was interesting at first i was very much like oh you know you know one of ones are it because like you want things to be rare and like blah blah right like the more i saw and saw that i was like yeah but like that's not like helping onboard my fans and people that want to support me so i think that's like around the same time that everybody started going more towards additions and stuff like that um so yeah i think it just depends on what you're trying to do right um for for me I think there's room to do one of ones and there's cool things that you can do for that and, and everything. But, uh, I'm mostly just trying to focus right now of like, all right, what do I, how do I want to onboard this community that does support me? Because I haven't, I haven't made an effort to like onboard people that want to support me. Uh, so I've been just trying to think about what's the best way to do that. And, uh, the other thing is what's the purpose of these NFTs. Right. Um, cause I think, one of the reasons I even like hopped on Web3 was because I was I loved how it was a community supporting each other, right? You see a lot more artists supporting each other and you don't see that in like the regular space, right? Because it, it's more of like, hey, I'm gonna drop a song, you know, like my picture, you know, share my shit. You know, it's a lot of like take, 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 right? Um, so I really love the culture of Web3. So for me, I've been like, okay, moving forward, why am I going to mint NFTs? And like, what is my purpose? Like, cause bro, if you knew me, I've never wanted to be like a front man to a band or like an artist, you know, or whatever. So like, I fought that for a long time. I've been kind of like behind the scenes guy for, for a while. And it wasn't up until the pandemic that I rebranded. I started pushing myself as an artist and like all that stuff. Uh, not because I want to be like this, like rich and famous person, but mostly because like I col- I do so much with artists. Uh, and, and I'm a big part of a lot of artists' work that I'm like, all right, if I'm going to keep doing free production and like collabing with everybody, I'm like, all right, let me just at least put myself out as an artist. Um, but yeah, to me, bro, I really want to do NFTs that do have some sort of cultural impact or like community impact. Um, so a lot of what I'm going to be pushing over the next year is going to be like, hey, here's an NFT drop, but like 50% of proceeds go towards this program or you know, it helps the mentorship program that I'm building here in Petersburg. Yeah, I read up on that a little bit. That sounds, uh, it sounds pretty cool. Um, you want to talk about, you know, Dream Lab and, and Life is Valuable a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So um, when I first moved to Richmond, and even prior to Richmond, uh, I was studying child developmental psychology. Um, and I got my associates probably back in like 2010, 2011. Uh, but at the same time, I had just won a production competition. So I like just went really hard with the music. Um, but yeah, at the time I was doing uh, substitute teaching and I would do workshops at co-working spaces for college students or high school students. Um, so like I've had, I've been kind of connected to the educational space in that way. Um, but then when I moved to Richmond, I wanted to create some sort of like after school program where I could help kids, whether learn production or help them learn how to like monetize their art or whatever. Right. Um, that kind of quickly turned into them finding out that I was working with a big producer here in Richmond. Um, and when they found out, they were like, Hey, like, can we give you a budget to build four studios? So they gave me, 
they gave me a small budget to create four of these different like dream labs in elementary schools. Um, I mean, they just have basics, right? Like Logic, Ableton, Blender. Some of the schools have 3D printers, but you know, they're kids. So like, I doubt that many like 12 year olds are gonna go try to like print stuff, but, uh, but it's possible, you know, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, we created these four things. And then like, as I was creating videos, I was like, yo, this would be cool to like create like a nonprofit too. Uh, and then have a lot of like the music stuff that I do kind of like help support this program. Um, so yeah, I teamed up with this guy, uh, my friend named Gabe. Uh, he was the co-owner of Define Studios here in Richmond. Um, and when he, when I was first being interviewed to be an engineer at his studio, he found out I was like in the middle of building this program. Um, so we've piloted the program a couple of times with uh, the elementary schools. We've piloted it with a, a nonprofit called Art 180. Um, it's been really dope, bro. And we've done like these mobile labs where we show up to like, uh, for example, there was this Artoberfest. We showed up, we set up, we, we made songs with strangers and like they wouldn't leave until we had their information. And we would even make like a cover art with them using Midjourney, and like everything was done there on the spot, you know, it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, we got like a ton of like positive uh, feedback and a ton of people want to support us. So I think a lot of what I'm going to do over the next year is just focus a little bit more on it and making it like a, a dope program and then see what kind of like Web3 stuff we can do to, with it. Yeah, that is really cool. That's interesting. I was going to ask if you have any like Web3 plans for the future of that program. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. So like... Um, uh, the the way that a lot of this started, bro, was through my character Keo. I don't know if if I've I think I've brought him up at some point, but um, during the pandemic, I learned how to use Blender, and I wanted to get into like developing characters and learning how to make plush toys and and all that stuff. Right? Um, are you familiar with a show called Midnight Gospel? Yeah, love Midnight Gospel. Sick, sick. So um, as I was developing this character, one of the things I wanted to do with the character was make it so you could almost like create a, a layer to an artist's release with this character, right? So what that means is, you know how in Midnight Gospel, he'll pretty much pick an earth and then he'll pick a character and then he uh, picks an app. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the same kind of concept, I wanted Tio to like pick an artist, uh, do some sort of like media and, and merch release with that artist. Um, and then that kind of becomes like an avenue to fund the mentorship program, you know, so like if an artist wants to do something that benefits, you know, the community here in Richmond or some, you know, some other community, um, they could do that with Keo. Um, so Keo is basically this AI character that kind of shapeshifts depending on, on the artists. Right. Um, and the whole concept is Keo is an AI that wants to be human, right? So the only way that he thinks that he could be human is if he learns how to be flawed or learn flaws from uh, different characters. Um, so for each artist that we work with, we wanted to create like a new shape of Keo, do like a transformation video, um, you know, just do like some sort of media release. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's, a, that's I think that's a cool way to tie in Web3 into this, this mentorship program, which, uh, which is really interesting. I think that, you know, there's so many different use cases for it now that it's it's cool just hearing all these different applications. Um, so this sort of ties into, I think, what you were saying earlier in terms of like artist development and you want to take things in that direction. Have you been doing artist development? Like how long have you been doing artist development? So um, I think around the time that I was getting my associates was when I met uh, this group called Pay Up Game. Um, there was this hip hop group in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, at the time I had more experience making drums for like metal bands and hardcore bands and stuff like that. Uh, but I had recorded some of my friends at hip hop and all that experimented doing some indie electronic stuff with hip hop. So, uh, yeah, at the time I met Andre, he was one of the guys from pay up and he was very skeptical <laughs> of me and like my ability. But like slowly they started trusting my taste and like my production skills and I found it really dope. I, I don't know, it was easier for me to like meet an artist, produce for an artist, than for me to make music for myself, right? Um, and because I was like into psychology, artist development and like producing somebody's sound and helping an artist become more independent became like a passion of mine. So I helped them develop 
Uh, one of the artists that I really focused on was uh, Sherelle. Um, she's probably the artist I've been with the longest. Um, we have a couple placements on HBO and Secure with her. She's been uh, used for NBA Top Shot. You know, like she's pretty dope. She's not in Web3 um, just because she just is still kind of learning and, you know, doing her own thing. But um, yeah, after I worked with Sherelle and like Pay Up, I really found a passion for artist development. So like I just kept finding artists that I wanted to work with um, that I thought were dope and had a lot of potential. And I would just work with them and we'd split everything 50 50 from what we would do. I wouldn't sign artists, you know, I wouldn't sign production deals or anything like that. Because, um, bro, I just love collaborating. Like, I don't, like, I could care less about like streaming and like getting paid and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I know it's important, but like, <laughs> I was much more about like, I just want to meet cool artists and help them be better, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, that's, that's what I kind of focused. Uh, the last, few artists that I work with, uh, one's name's Oyobun. Um, he's super dope. He kind of like quit being an artist and, and he's kind of managing and working for Symphonic. Uh, and then the other artist, her name's Naya Sultana. She got signed to Bryson Tiller's management uh, a couple of years ago under Interscope. Sweet. Yeah, that's cool. So have you been doing like production and artist development and creative work full time? Like how long have you been doing that? Yeah, so um, most of my income come from engineering and doing consulting and creative work. Um, so, like, bro, I've been doing it. I've been freelancing since like 2013, 14, something like that. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, so, so what are yeah? Like, I think that's really interesting. Like, what are the challenges with being a freelance, you know, creative engineer and 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 producer um and like how do you find new projects is it base is your is your work basically like moving from one project to another how do you balance everything um i'm curious to hear about all that yeah so um i am different when it, like charging people for production like the mo the things that i do charge for production sometimes is like i'll get hit up because a company needs 20 lo-fi beats or something right so like the, the those i'll get here and there uh and those are cool um getting sync placements also help obviously um but a lot of my work is live audio and studio engineering um so when it comes to that is like yeah somebody will either lock me in for x amount of time and we work on tracking and mixing and all that stuff um or somebody is like hey i have this concert or i have this conference that i'm doing uh and then need me to come do audio for like a week or something so like i travel a ton all over the u.s uh, a lot to new york you know to do audio engineering um but yeah i mean i don't know bro like i don't do any advertising for myself i don't do any marketing for myself uh i think a lot of my work comes from word of mouth um i kind of prefer it that way i don't know i i, I, th I think for a long time i was saying yes to like everything just to get my name out and like to to get work but i'm getting to the point where there's just so many opportunities that i have to just say no more often um so i feel like i'm in a good place when it comes to that and i like that i have the freedom to be like hey i i want to work on this project or i don't want to work on this project um and and also be able to like take time off to go to art basil and stuff like that right um so it's challenging but like i feel like anytime i'm like damn i haven't had work in a while Usually, like two days later, I get hit up for something. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So I guess at the start, it was, you know, you were saying yes to everything, and you made enough connections where, at this point, you have a pretty steady flow of project opportunities. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do you ever like? Do you have any issues with uh, royalty payments? I know, like being a producer and being not the main beneficiary of like music royalties but sort of you know you get a cut of those it's probably a pretty complicated process have you run into issues with just that whole ecosystem yeah for sure um i've been lucky enough where a majority of the tracks that i've done uh i've been very close to the artists and they're independent so like whether they're using DistroKid or United Masters or whatever it is, uh, I'm usually getting 50% of the royalties. 
mostly it, it's not because um that's the deal that i've done but it's mostly because like every artist that i work with we have that kind of mutual understanding of like what they're going to do and what i'm going to do um and not saying that i'm doing a lot more work than they are but usually i am because uh i'm coming in and i'm either making the production or the beat i'm mixing it i am tracking the vocals i am getting it mastered uh and then on top of that sometimes they ask me for creative direction for the art you know what i mean so like i think it, it, they're usually pretty happy and satisfied that i'm only asking for 50 percent, and we split everything um now i know that most people in the industry will say that splitting your masters 50 50 with someone is usually not good uh, because let's say you split your master with three people not every time you get a sync placement or you want to do something with that song you kind of depend on those other two people to like sign or be available or whatever to so you can make moves with it right um and then in a traditional uh industry me as a producer i would get paid x amount and then i would get only like five points on the master or something right uh that's like more traditional splits but like a lot of what i've done has been independent artists we split 50 50 we split the master 50 50 if there's more people or if it makes more sense for them to have more of a share we do it but i think where i've ran into issues is like working with majors <laughs> right because like that's that's really where it is uh but for example like working with naya like yeah they gave me all the paperwork but for example this last song this was her debut album that just released this past i don't know two three months um and i didn't get paperwork until like a week before this dropped and on top of that there's writers that i brought to the table that didn't even know they were on the album until the album dropped and they saw the, like that they were credited you know what i mean and, and it's crazy bro because like i've worked with indies forever and like i have a way easier time working with indie with majors and you would think it'd be the other way around um but yeah that's definitely like <laughs> more of like the the issues the other issues like letters of directions from sound exchange right like if you want to get paid through sound exchange like you need a letter of direction right and no, there's only been like maybe five artists in my life that have given me sound exchange lod's uh so like over the next few years i have to go back and like ask certain artists for lod's so i can collect the rest of my uh royalties yeah it sounds like kind of a mess you know it's and and web3 sort of solves all those with the automatic distribution and with nfts and stuff um is that part of like what your i don't know is that part of what brought you in to web3 and got you sort of more interested in music nfts is the difference there well i i think it was the cultural aspect that was huge for me like yeah it's super dope that you know we have smart contracts and that payments can be instant and you know I, like i appreciate a lot of that but bro like the culture shift was like night and day for me i was like and it's also like a certain type of person that's in web3 right like especially web3 music like not only are you an artist but like you have to be into tech you have to be able to like handle that much information to even understand the tech uh and you have to be about like rewarding your fans and like rewarding your community so like I loved the culture and like the more I've even dealt into it, the more I, I believe in it, you know, like no matter if we're in a bear market or not, I think the, we have to switch our perception of like what even streaming is. Cause like a lot of people are like, there's this whole discussion this past week, right. About like music aggregators and like, you know, like should artists like be, have a say into like what platforms can put their music out. And it's like, bro, like this is a public ledger. Like, you know this is everybody's supposed to be able to use whatever you mint to whatever app they want to do right um but yeah i'm I'm just excited about the culture number one for sure yeah 100 percent. i think i agree completely with like as i've gotten more into it i believe in it more and i'm more interested in like just everything that's going on and it's uh it's an incredibly supportive community of like artists and and you know engineers and builders and you know, everyone just wants the whole space to succeed as a whole and, uh, you know, bringing people in and supporting everyone who's really in it for the right reasons, especially now. Like, that's all who's that's the only people who are still in it in this bear market. Um, so, yeah, it's really encouraging just like meeting people and interacting with people online and like everyone is all about like building each other up. 
Um, going back to what you said about, you know, it sort of goes into the whole ethos of the space and connecting with your collectors and rewarding your fans and stuff. Um, have you noticed a deeper connection with the people who've collected your NFTs so far? And like, how have you interacted with them since they've supported you? Uh, so I'm in, um, I would say I'm not in a position like other artists are where like they've just been shilling their stuff and like they've been creating group chats with their collectors and stuff like that. Um, I'm only saying that because like I'm still kind of building out what I think is going to what I'm going to want for for my collectors. So um, I'm mostly been just focused on dropping things and then seeing who's collecting. And then probably over the next six months, I'm going to be slowly reaching out to those people, getting them into some sort of group and then, you know, getting them more involved and rewarding them. But like, I've been more right now trying to find like, what are the tools I want to use? So like, recently, I told you I got into bonfire. So I'm like, all right, cool. How can I utilize bonfire? So I'm just kind of like studying how I want to utilize that. Um, the other thing, again, is like, I have to make a decision over the next few months as to like, like our collectors collecting my stuff because they just support me as a musician, right? Or an artist, or like, do I want them to collect because I am into artist development and I want to like do more things towards that world, right? Like there's like Pete that does a lot of this like uh, philanthropy stuff and like mentorship programs and all that. Or like there's a Pete that like does music, right? And I honestly have more uh, of a passion for like mentorship and developing stuff. So um, that's, I think that's more towards where I'm going. So like, to give you an example, I might end up making live more of like, uh, the platform, you know, than like me, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I mm -hmm. might make everything more towards like artist development rather than like, oh, you're joining Pete Rango's fan club. Right. Um, so that's why I'm even into like campfire. Cause like, I love that's kind of more towards where we're going. It's like, connecting artists, helping build up artists, resources, um, you know, doing writing camps, like that's everything I'm about. So. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. I think, uh, you know, taking it in that direction would give a little bit, not more purpose, but it sort of sets up, you know, defines what you're trying to do. And then, yeah, whoever's interested in that, that's why they're supporting you. Um, that's cool. I mean, I think, I think that's, sort of the right way to go about it. You just experiment with different drop structures and find out all these different tools and figure out where you want to really want to take it. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you have any, I guess we've sort of touched on your plans for the next year, but um, I don't know, is there anything you haven't mentioned in terms of like live or these NFT plans that you have going on next year? Yeah, I mean, I have a project I'm going to drop with L. Um, Hoping we can do it on sound. So that'll be that. Um, I'm going to be pushing uh, Lens Protocol a lot. Uh, I really love what they're doing, even though the apps are a little wonky still. <laughs> I, I, I do believe in like what that is. And I think there's a ton of potential in using Lens. Um, so I'm going to be focusing a lot in the artists that I work with to use Lens. Um, I think the my whole focus is live, though uh next year um i have this here actually well i have you on the phone i can show you the character so this is the first version of keo nice yeah i have another thing you can see but uh, yeah you should uh we should link on on instagram and i can show you some other keo stuff yeah for sure uh, this is another version of keo we did but the eye was the eye color was wrong the horns were too big so like <laughs> now i have like a oh like a hundred of these <laughs> so, uh, what we might end up doing is kind of like giving people the option to pick which one they want so it's kind of like hey this is the the perfect one and here's the flawed one you know what i mean and have people kind of pick um but yeah man just i think live is like my main focus so like just figuring that out is it's going to be a big thing for me uh and then campfire i think those are like the bigger ones that i'm i'm kind of focused and involved with yeah yeah that's cool I, I need to get more involved with campfire just like i've met so many people in the community i think it's um you know overdue at this point to start engaging with them a little bit more yeah you're in the telegram i'm not i'm not i'm not in the telegram i haven't really is it is it mostly active on telegram versus discord yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, no, I I should get I should get in there. Um, beware, beware of more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you touched on a little bit how you have this project coming on with Elle. I know she was talking about it during Miami. How like you know you're her sort of Web three mentor and getting her more involved in the space. Have you done that with any other artists? And like, what have been your I don't know, strategies and lessons learned in terms of bringing artists into Web3? Because it's not easy, like, convincing people that, you know, it's all worth it and and that this is, like, you know, that there's a lot of potential here. It's easy once you're in it to understand all that stuff and believe in it. But I think, you know, onboarding people isn't easy. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, so Mavi is another artist that I've been kind of slowly trying to get into it. Um, bro i mentioned web3 and nfts to both of them over a year ago you know and it wasn't until l came for basil that like oh i get it now. like i see the support i see why this is important and all that so um th those were the main ones um there's been other artists that were curious uh but they get kind of over overwhelmed um I think that's usually the the experience is like they're just like too much information and um but i tell them like this is the future and like you don't have to do this i think the other thing about web3 is that it's very easy for an artist to see web3 and see nfts and they think that their whole strategy now has to be like nfts and this is the main focus so like i try to like get them to understand that this is just like another layer uh another layer to their drop and this is more for their super fans and not trying to convert every single fan to buy your nft but more like hey there's like a community of people out there that want to support you you know not necessarily your fans maybe because they may not know about nfts but like you know if you get involved you will and i think the other hard thing for a lot of the artists is uh app overload uh information over overload but also like um they're not used to like just showing up to <laughs> to support other people all the time <laughs> if that makes sense right yeah uh, it's, it, it is definitely a different culture in web3 where like the way that you really you know can make a name for yourself and find supporters is just by showing up for other people mm -hmm. exactly and and that's pretty much what i've done over the last year and a half is like just showing up to spaces and meeting people and having one-on-ones and like buying people's nfts and like giving advice to people's drops and like all that stuff and that's how i've connected with people that's how i've had and developed all these relationships i have right now um and i think i'm in a great spot to like help onboard more artists and all that but like i think this is a little different than how i've worked in the past because in the past i can meet an artist that i like i can make the track and we can put out the track but I, I don't really care what happens afterwards. Like, I really could care less if the artist is marketing a track. I could care less if, you know, money's going towards it to, to push it. Like, I really don't care. Like, to me, it's more about, like, making the track, the experience of making the track with the artist, and then maybe hopefully get to listen to that track live one day. But I don't really, I really don't, don't care about much else. Um, so in that sense, it's different, right? Because, like, I've been so like hands off when it comes to like releasing some of these tracks. Um, but now that is web three, it's much more like, nah, bro, you want to get involved. Like you're going to show up and like a lot of artists are not ready for that. So um, I like that. It's kind of up to the artists to, to, I could, I can have all the connections. I could plug you in everywhere, but if you're not doing your due diligence and you're not showing up, like I can't do much. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I think it just takes time more than anything for people to, start to you know find find community like that like l did at at art basil like i think going in person and meeting people and talking about it really helps a lot um and then yeah it sort of just takes time and and people get overloaded with you know apps and information and then you back off and then you get back into it um i feel like that uh that is what i've heard from a lot of different people talking about onboarding and and artists getting into it um as we're sort of wrapping up here i gotta i gotta jump on another call at like one um <laughs> is there anything else we didn't touch on that 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 you would like to talk about or any questions you have for me mm, yeah bro i'd love to know so i don't know much about float 
and I don't know, you know, much about you. So like if you can spend some time just Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so I got into Web3 like a year ago when I was still figuring out like I I was working at a restaurant after I finished grad school and sort of figuring out what I wanted to do. And my dad, who's been in crypto forever, saw that like Web3 was getting big and wanted to find yeah. some avenue to like start a business the on park. the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned, mentioned a little bit that about that. Yeah. yeah. So, that, you know, it started with me just like doing research and, and trying to figure this shit out because I didn't really know anything. But it's developed into um, doing some sales and business development for an NFT ticketing company. Um, I'm working with another blockchain software company that isn't that into web three also um but then i was trying to find an angle to like help artists who like needed help finding twitter spaces and getting you know finding collectors and stuff so i was working with this one poet for a little bit um and just like trying to get trying to figure out like how how could how could i start a business in this space that like i really believe is going to grow a lot mm -hmm. um and then I started getting more involved with Float and like trying, well, first I was trying to figure out how I can tie it into music because I've wanted to work in music for a while. Um, and yeah, then I actually, I had AJ on the podcast and learned about what Float was up to and thought it was really interesting and have been getting more involved with them since then. But they are a music curation and discovery platform that's trying to like help artists, you know, earn their independence like financially so um but also reward curators for finding good music so the website which is you know in beta right now um after being open for a while they're trying to in uh you know fine-tune the product but is a place where anyone can submit music and then people can quote unquote co-sign it which is like an upvote that earns you tokens and then as you earn enough tokens you can upvote other people's music and it creates this sort of community curation, uh, com it, you know, this community of curators that sort of police themselves and and send in, you know, their own music or other people's music. And it's a great way to hopefully find new music as they develop the platform more. Um, and then the goal with that also is to just find new artists who are, you know, becoming popular on the platform and help them bridge into Web3 or help them with whatever other music projects they have going on. Um, and then down the line, you know, they can assign more value to the tokens based on like how much people are contributing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, it's, it's meant to cater to like the top 10% of music consumers. I think like there's a lot of people who, uh, are more passive listeners and, and, uh, you know, aren't as passionate about finding new music and discovering new artists and expanding sort of their tastes. But if you are into all that stuff, like this is a platform to find new music and try to, you know, help, uh, you know, bring new artists uh, into into the space and then also just like help them find new fans and stuff. Like one of the big things in, that I've heard in like Web3 music is, you know, you can sort of timestamp on chain like your support of artists early and people love saying like, you know, I found them before they blew up. And this is a way to, uh, you know, prove that for lack of a better word or, or uh, you know, prove it on chain with like your early support. And then as you can help curate new music, it can and those artists get bigger and you support them early with NFT drops, you can benefit as a curator. Um, so they're building out this whole ecosystem, mostly around sharing music and and discovering new music with other people and building a community out of it. Um, that's big. Is so yeah, it's really on, yeah. Is that built on Matic or on, like on, layer two? Yeah, yeah, it's on Polygon. Nice. Um, so yeah, they have like all the music submissions and like all the tags that you put with the music you submit. It's all like time stamped and and created on chain for like you know gas free. I don't know how they did it, but like gas free transactions of submitting music to the platform. Um, like even the upvoting is like kept track of on chain somehow. So it's all, you know, you can, you can really track who's contributing and when they're contributing and how active they are. And then, you know, that can help reward uh, curators who are really engaging with the platform and, and helping, helping build it out. That's sick. Um, now I got to check it out. Cause uh, 
before I know you got a good name, but before um, I was building this platform called Zooniversal, and a lot of what we wanted to do is be able to reward people for curating. Um, so like, yeah, definitely interested in checking that out because like, there's another platform that Beats is kind of working on right now, which is like, they wanted us to kick it off with like the lo-fi community. Uh, but yeah, being there supporting and like, hey, so if you're here for my drop and I'm launching like a new song live, like only the people that are like watching the stream or listening actively at the time can collect that. Um, and then from there also doing things kind of like Lens does where like, if you post the song and somebody buys it off your profile, you get like some sort of like curator fee um, and things like that. Um, but no, I, I definitely want to check it out. Do you need, do I need anything to like, use the platform like no you just you just connect your wallet and you can start submitting music um the website is that like it's down and under beta testing right now so i'm like helping sort of iron out all the kinks and fine-tune the product but um you know whenever it's back up i can let you know and yeah you just connect your wallet and you can start submitting music either your own or other people's music like you can submit a link to Spotify or YouTube or SoundCloud or whatever, or you can submit a file to like your own music. Um, and then, you know, once you start submitting music, if, if you start earning, earning cosigns and up, up votes, um, then you earn tokens. And then once you earn enough, you can start upvoting other people's music. Um, and then, you know, you become like an official curator. So it 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 sort of you know the 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 community curates itself based on good music that you know the music rises to the top and and controls you know how everything gets run which is at the end of the day I think I think really interesting. That's sick. Yeah, I think um yeah it's good to know all this because like we're gonna be having discussions soon about um what we're gonna do with the songs that were made at at the writing camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know somebody at some point pitched like having the flow community vote on what are the final tracks maybe or or something like that so yeah that would be cool so yeah, yeah i'm excited um, to see everything that came out of that session because i was just hopping around every room the whole time and like everything in every room that was getting made was super cool yeah i'm hyper no uh we're supposed to be turning everything in this week so i mean i already turned all my stuff in we'll uh but sick bro no it's been fun um you know any uh, any time also like i'd love if, if you like need feedback on float or something you know if you're having a day where you're just like i don't know picking at the platform let me know because i'd love to like come by and like check it out and just give some feedback or something yeah sure um yeah i'll hit you up about that because i'm 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 looking for new ideas to suggest and and have come up with a lot on my own but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to sort of help them figure figure it out and fine tune everything. Um, Six. But bro. anyway, great talking to you, Pete. I appreciate the time. Uh, you know, we'll be in touch in the future for sure. Sounds good, bro. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check the show notes to find Pete and support him and the projects he's been involved with. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Web3MusicPod. And be sure to tune in for next week's episode with TK, an independent artist, producer, creative, entrepreneur, and more who started one of the largest online communities of creatives and recently sold out his music NFT release of 700 editions called The Eternal Garden. 